0: everybody, welcome to This Good Word. This is Steve, and we are on episode three. Today's good word is skin. Yes, we're going to talk about being comfortable in our own skin. We're going to talk about those of us who have thin skin and those of us who have thick skin. And we're going to talk about how both are necessary and good. We're going to talk about the science of skin. Sometimes it's a protection. It protects you from things that are dangerous. And sometimes it's permeable. It lets things in that need to get in. I want to tell you a story about a bad accident I had one time where I burned my skin. And I want to tell you about a man with leprosy and a little girl who saved him. Very excited about episode three, but first, some shout outs, you guys. Uh, people, you, 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 you're crazy people. Uh, people from all over the world are checking in and listening in on this good word. Um, so shout out to those of you in the Czech Republic, in El Salvador, in Iceland. How cool is that? People from Iceland are listening in. Uh, People in the Netherlands, in Austria, Indonesia, Italy, South Africa, Serbia, Vive la France. People are listening in from France. And Mexico, and of course all the beautiful people in Nash, Vegas, Tennessee, especially Kurt and Annette, my friends down there. So there's your shout out. Uh, Also want to say a big hello to Adam. Uh, Adam uh, tweeted me about a move he's making, my buddy Adam. He's transitioning jobs, and uh, he listened to last week's episode on tension. Moving can be beautiful and very tense. And then an email I got from Christy. Thank you so much, Christy, for your email. In this email, she asked me if I'd ever heard of Brene Brown. So any Brene Brown fans in the house, I mean, I love Brene Brown. I remember the first time I saw her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, I was running on the treadmill, and I played it four times in a row, just four times right. I loved it so much. And then, of course, I read her books. Uh, So if you're not a Brene Brown fan yet, please become one. Start with her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Then move to Daring Greatly, and then pick up her recent book, Rising Strong. So good. But Christy uh, said, Your podcast reminds me of this quote that I read in The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And here's the quote Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging. And joy. Experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. And I agree with you, Christy, that is just about at the heartbeat of what this podcast is trying to do. Is, And that is having the courage to look at the humanity, some of the darkness, some of the, some of the ugly stuff, some of the messy stuff, but but to see the holiness even in that, I mean, it sounds crazy, but one of my other favorite authors, Paula Darcy, says this, and I totally believe it, that darkness is ultimately held by light, so nothing to fear. Let's bring it out so that we can be our big, bold, beautiful selves. Okay. On to this week's episode of skin. So we're going to do a little science class, a little science lesson for about two minutes, which is appropriate because we're back to school. At least most of us us in Minnesota, uh, the kids are back in school. So uh, did you know, I didn't know this, but did you know that skin, your skin is the biggest organ in your body? I didn't even know skin was an organ. So your skin does all these different things. One of the first things it does is obviously it interfaces with the environment and it acts as a kind of filter. It's a first line of defense against pathogens, these little disease carrying microbes that if they got in, they would mess up your body. So your skin acts as a protection against that. It also uh, helps your body maintain the correct level of water, which is crazy. insulates your body, and it acts as a thermoregulator. So, I mean, which, let's just be honest, thermoregulator, band name, I call it. You can't have it. I'm going to start a band and call it not the thermoregulators, but simply thermoregulator, because it's so cool. But you know that your skin does this. Your skin cools your body down when it's too hot, but how it does it is... When your body is too hot, warm blood goes toward the the outer layer of your skin, which creates sweat, which cools you down. And when you're too cold, the warm blood leaves that outer layer of your skin and starts moving toward the internal parts of your body to warm yourself up, and you shiver. So it's all about following where the warm blood flows. Now, your skin also is... The place of sensations where we experience pleasure and pain. So, I want you to remember that dark theater in which you were sitting next to that person that you were heavily infatuated with, and that moment when you found your arms touching on the center armrest that's right in between you. Maybe it's your whole arm. Maybe it's just your pinkies. Do you remember that feeling? I mean, that electric jolt of energy and blood is flowing to all different parts of your body at that 14-year-old moment. I mean, you are exploding. You have never felt so alive. That is because of this beautiful thing called your skin. Your skin is, acts as a protection. It also acts as a permeable filter. It, it lets you experience pleasure and pain. About a month ago, I was making bacon for our family. We were making BLTs that night. And the way we make BLTs is we put the bacon in the oven. We put them on little racks on top of these cookie sheets so the bacon grease drips down onto the cookie sheets. And uh, we were making kind of a lot of bacon, I have to be honest. And um, the timer rang. I opened the oven. The hot air blasted. It hit me. And I had just grabbed this little pot holder to pull out the pan. And I pulled it out too quick and the bacon grease sloshed up out of the pan and onto my thumb and my wrist. And it was excruciating. Immediately, I let out this primordial scream of pain. I looked down at my wrist and at my thumb, and the skin was just blistering off. It was gruesome. Mary, my wife, came running downstairs. She she screamed. She immediately went on the internet to look for, what are you supposed to do with a bacon grease burn? My kids were in the other room watching TV. They didn't even react. I mean, how's that for love? A little love for your dad. Uh, But I I went to the ER. uh, They took a look at it. They bandaged it up and they said, I want you to go to the burn unit uh, either tomorrow or the next day. So I did. They unbandaged it and I saw it really for kind of the first time since i gotten burned. It was this silence of the lambs, red, glistening, gross thing. They peeled off the dead skin, which was really, really fun. And they said, we don't really call burns first degree, second degree, or third degree anymore, but this would have been, this would be like a second degree burn, which means the skin peeled away, but a third degree burn would be, it's all the way down to the muscle. It was not that, thankfully. So they said, you're going to need to take care of this. You're going to need to put bacitracin on this. You're going to need to change the dressing every single day and the skin's going to grow back. But once the once you can you know, and once it does, and once the wound closes, you can walk around without a dressing, but you're gonna need to really put on sunscreen because if if it gets burned during this time, then your skin could the the pigment could go really dark or really light, and it would be forever like that. So uh, it, it was this moment of pain where um, it's like my skin, I learned how permeable it really was. And um so, So the question is around skin is where does the blood want to flow? When you get burned like that, the blood is flowing toward that area to heal it. My blood pressure during that time was a lot higher than what it was because the blood was working so hard. What are the times in your life Mm -hmm. where you are uh, thin-skinned and you're feeling everything. Did you know that your body has certain parts of it that are more, your, your skin has certain parts of your body where it's very, very thin, like your eyelids and the area around your eyes. That's why uh, when you get older, your eyes wrinkle first. The area on your back and in your soles of your feet and the palms of your feet, those are thick skin. And here's the lesson. There are parts of your body that are thin-skinned and there are parts of your body that are thick-skinned. And they're made that way because that there's certain parts of you need to be thin-skinned and certain parts of you need to be thick-skinned. But have you ever thought about it in terms of like maybe you've lamented the fact that you are this thin-skinned person and everything gets in and every comment hurts and you interpret everything like it's all about you and there's maybe a really, and there probably is a real unhealth to some of that. I remember one of, I'm one of those people. I remember one of my mentors said one time, Steve, you're going to have to learn how to let things in, but not all the way down to the ground every single time. But I think there's also an element where uh, we, those of us who are maybe more typically thin-skinned, there, there, there are times where that's a gift, where we need to let something in, where we need to let the blood flow to that area so that we can feel something for ourselves or for someone else so that healing can get there, right? And so I, I think those of us who are thin-skinned, sometimes we think, the 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 goal is just to be more thick skinned so we don't feel as much. And I think there are areas of my life and our lives where we do need to learn how to get a little more thick skin. If you, you know, do something kind of public like I do, I, you, you can, every single criticism, every single comment can't go all the way down to the ground. Um, but there are also things where you need to remain thin-skinned so that you can sense things that need healing in yourself and in the world. So in reality, the the lesson we can learn from our skin is that we need to learn how to really differentiate between those moments where uh, a little more thick skin would be helpful. Like maybe there's a relationship in your life that's the equivalent of bacon grease. It keeps sloshing on you and it keeps causing lots and lots of pain. And you need to create a boundary around that person. Because it's just not healthy for you or that person. And you actually, your skin, so to speak, you need to it needs to be a protection. But of course, there are times where we need to feel the joy or feel the pain or feel the grief. And we need to allow the blood to flow into those thin skin areas in our life so that we can have more healing. So I want to tell you a story about this man with leprosy. This is found in 2 Kings 5 in the Hebrew Scriptures. For those of you who are fans of that, the man's name is Naaman. And we read right away in the beginning of chapter 5 that he's a commander of the army of the king of Syria, which had lots and lots of power at that time. He was a great man with his master, which means that I mean, if you're a great man with the king, you got it going on. You are a big man on campus. Uh, It says that he had high favor with people. And uh, he was also a mighty man of valor. It's like, who doesn't want to be that? But then right away in verse 1, We read this one word, but he was a leper. Now, leprosy is an infection in your blood where the blood stops flowing to your extremities, to your fingertips, to your toes, to the edge of your nose, to your earlobes. And eventually, when the blood stops flowing to an area, that area dies and then eventually it will flake off. So people's leprosy, it's it's quite disgusting. The more and more it gets advanced, your your skin becomes uh, sort of white and flaky and you end up losing it and you stop f- having any sensation in those areas. So this great man, this commander of the Syrian army, uh, had leprosy. So, so this great contrast, this power with this great vulnerability. And then in verse two, we read about this little girl. And the writer is very intentionally, if you have eyes to see this, the writer is very intentionally setting up a contrast. Here's this great man of power with vulnerability, and here comes a little girl with no power, and she's going to be the one that helps him. And we read, now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl, disgusting, brutal, we hate that, let's f- I mean, ugly, but they carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to Naaman's wife, I wish my lord Naaman were with a prophet who was in Syria, because the prophet would cure him of his leprosy. And the Hebrew phrase for a little girl is katan na'ara. Katan means insignificant, it means young, and it means unimportant. And na'ara is the phrase that would be used for a little girl that's a female servant. So this insignificant female servant has a voice in this story in the Hebrew Scriptures that's all about a king and a mighty man of valor, which is something, it just says something about the beautiful story that the Scriptures tell over and over and over again, that there is, into this world of power, Over and over again, the voice of the insignificant rises up and is heard. It's just so good. So Naaman listens, and he goes into Syria with the king's favor. And he goes to the king of Israel, and a letter is written from the king of Syria, please help my servant Naaman. The king has no idea what to do. The prophet Elisha finds out about it, and he says to the king, just send him to me, and I will figure it out. And so uh, Naaman goes to Elisha, the prophet of Israel. And the hilarious thing is this great man is, doesn't want to show much vulnerability in this moment doesn't want to be very thin-skinned in this moment. It's all thick-skinned when he comes up because he has wagon loads full of gifts. He has chariots and soldiers and servants. He he clatters up to uh, Elisha's house in this moment. And it's just all pomp and circumstance. It's kind of ridiculous. But Elisha knows exactly what to do. He doesn't even come out. He sends a messenger out to greet Naaman, and this makes Naaman so mad because he's used to be be being met power, is met with power, and importance is met with importance. You don't send a messenger out to meet me. Naaman rages around a little bit, and uh, the messenger says, uh, here's what you need to do. You just need to go down to the River Jordan and wash seven times, dip yourself seven times in it, and you will be cleaned. Naaman wants nothing of that because he has not met with Elisha, the prophet. He even says, you should have sent the 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 prophet should have sent me to these two great rivers in Syria. Everybody knows the two great rivers in Syria are better. And it's just so ridiculous, right? But Naaman uh, for the second time he listens to people that are less important than him. People with thin skin, these servants of his say, why don't you just do it? Master, why don't you just, you know, the prophet said that if you, if you wash seven times in the river Jordan, you'll be healed. So why don't you just do it? Now, Jordan means judgment, or it means that which is essential. So the prophet is telling this important man with this hideous vulnerability of leprosy to go to the lowest point of judgment and to find what's essential about himself. And so he dips in the Jordan River seven times, and he comes up, we read, with the skin of, of a little child, the exact same phrase that's used to describe the little girl. He comes up with the skin of a ka'atan na'ar, the skin of a little boy, and it changes him. All of a sudden, he learns that the way to be healed is to watch for where the blood wants to flow, and the blood wanted to flow back to the vulnerable places the extremities, the fingertips, the nose, the earlobes, the toes. And it changes Naaman, and he goes back to uh, Elisha, and he's no longer the man of pomp and circumstance. He calls himself, I am the Lord's servant. And he still tries to give him this big gift. Elisha wants none of it. And um, uh, he ends up, uh, Elisha, saying this phrase to him. He says, Go in peace, which in the Hebrew is lev le shalom, walk in wholeness. Let the blood flow where it wants to flow. So Naaman learns about what it means to have thin skin again, what it means to let the blood flow where it wants to flow. And I think this really great story invites us to live with the skin of a katana'ar, the skin of a little child. What does it mean to be thin-skinned where we need to be and thick-skinned where we need to be and let the blood flow where it wants to flow? Will we do that or will we cut off the blood from flowing to the vulnerable places in our lives? those places where we feel things we don't want to feel, even feelings of joy, feelings of vulnerability, feelings of pain, feelings of grief. Will we cut off the blood from flowing to that? And if we do, we'll cut ourselves off from ourselves. We'll cut ourselves off from from God. We will cut ourselves off from each other. If we don't let the blood flow where it wants to flow. So my brothers and sisters, here is the invitation. Will you learn to be a person who lets the blood flow where it needs to flow? Four questions to help you examine yourself in that first question. Am I allowing myself to feel my feelings or am I judging those feelings before I even feel them? Do you know what I mean by that? Have you ever felt angry at something, but before you let yourself even be curious about what it means to be angry about that or why you're angry about that, you judge your anger like, I shouldn't be feeling this angry. I should calm myself down. And really, these feelings of anger or fear, anxiety, whatever they are, they're just just lights on the dashboard which say, hey, man, we got to look at this. We have to look at this. This Monday, uh, I did what I always do on Mondays. I go for a run and I listen to the Robcast, Rob Bell's podcast. I think uh, he is doing uh, some of the best work of his life right now. It's it's so. In fact, I would say the Robcast is my what's blowing my mind right now. Every episode, I end it with what's blowing my mind. The Robcast is it. So I, I listened to episode. I think it's thirty four. I think it's called "Enough Dirt for My Mule." And he's getting into some stuff, and I'm running, and then all of a sudden he goes. So uh, the text I'm going to look at is 2 Kings 5, and I'm like, no, because I had already planned out my episode on skin and the story about Naaman and 2 Kings 5, and all of a sudden I felt this feeling, I can't do the same text as Rob Bell does, he's going to kill it, mine's going to suck. Uh, you know, or people are going to think I just I just copied Rob Bell's podcast. How lame would that be? So I guess here I am announcing I didn't copy it. I, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had it planned before Monday. Oh, it was so silly. But I really honestly thought about just ditching it and doing something else. And I And I was thinking that for a while. And then I thought, you know what? No, no. The scriptures are this diamond with a thousand facets, every story depending on where where and how you look at it you're going to come up with something beautiful and new and rich and rob did that and i think i did that and they're both beautiful and different and so uh, and i'm i'm just putting this out there but i'm also saying i was judging my feeling ah i should i feel shame about it i feel dumb about it um, And, you know, that's partly because I'm a human being. And so just sit with that. Sit with that. If you feel feelings of, you know, shame or comparison, okay, sit with that for a while. Don't, 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 don't let it drive the car, but sit with that for a while. And then decide what you're going to do. I decided to put this podcast out, so there you go. Second question, am I listening to the little ones in my life, the katanaars in my life, the little situations in my life? Am I listening to those to see where the blood wants to flow? Or am I only looking at the huge things, only looking at the important people, only looking at the big decisions in my life to give myself some... um, to thermoregulate, to make myself cooler when I'm hot and hotter when I'm cooler. And I'm saying, man, the little things in our lives, the little circumstances, the getting caught in traffic and and looking for your anger, the inconveniences, the interruptions, these are the invitations. These are the great invitations to see where the blood wants to flow. Uh, There is something much bigger than yourself that is trying to thermoregulate you. There really, really is. Third question. Just simply, where does the blood want to flow these days? What what relationship are you drawn to? Uh, what are you drawn away from? Uh, th- this is two big questions that you could sit with. What am I drawn toward right now? And what am I drawn away from? And you're not supposed to run from everything that you're drawn away from, but some things you are. And you're not supposed to move toward everything you feel drawn toward, but some things you are. How do you sit with that for long enough to really know? To really get in touch with that great mystery uh, called God, or whatever you want to call that great mystery of life that is pulling, that is thermoregulating your blood, pulling your blood toward that which it needs to be pulled toward. What is God doing in your life? Last question Am I naming my pain or am I burying it? Right? Uh, When I got burned so bad, I mean, there's a part of me that didn't want to go to the ER that probably wasn't going to go to the ER. I needed Mary to tell me get to the ER. Uh, look, have this looked at because it could be bad. Um, I, I have a friend that uh, she said she was dealing with someone around a really deep issue, and the person said, "Man, we have to we have to help you with your pain threshold." And my friend immediately thought, "Oh man, I I need to have a higher pain threshold." And the person that was working with her said, "Oh no." You need to have a lower pain threshold, much lower, so that you can feel pain when way before it kills you. Am I burying my pain or am I naming it? So here's what I'd like you to do in this journey of moving toward being comfortable with your own skin, comfortable in your own skin, learning how to be thin-skinned or thick-skinned. Send me a picture on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, a picture of what it looks like for you to be comfortable in your own skin. Make sure to tag me, Steve weens S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S, and um, use the hashtag This Good Word Podcast. But maybe it's going to be a picture of you looking serious. Maybe it's going to be a picture of you looking silly. Maybe it's going to be you uh, in your most artistic self. Maybe it's going to be you dressed down. Uh, Maybe it's a picture of you you and your nerdiest self. Maybe it's you and your funniest self. Who knows? I want to see a picture of you comfortable in your own skin. Put it out there in the world. Declare it. Right? Right? And let's be in this together. Let's be people who know how to have thin skin and thick skin, who know how to follow where the blood wants to flow. Okay, let's do that together. And I want to leave you with the manifesto that I made last week because every good podcast needs a manifesto, right? So here's the manifesto. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy. And we are in this together. So great to be with you guys this week. We'll see you next Thursday.